Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into 49er Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this train is full steam ahead for week two of the NFL season, which begins tonight between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams. But this train is not stopping there. It's heading right into Levi Stadium on Sunday to watch the San Francisco 49ers take on and host the Seattle Seahawks in the home opener of the 2022 NFL season. And look, before we start today, I want to give two shout outs. One to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Use promo code 49ers Access, 49ERSACCESS, to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Also, want to give a sponsor to one of our listeners. In fact, we talked today on Twitter. It was great to hear from them. And their name is 490 Tankmates out in New York, across the country. I'm in California. They're in New York. Great to connect with you today on Twitter. Great to talk to you on Twitter today. Thank you for listening. Now, I would like to say, listen to us before Locked On, man. And before the cutback, listen to us. Listen to Sterling Bennett talk over Locked On Podcast. Peacock's great. Crocker's great. But come on, man. I'm just kidding. But for real, thank you for listening. Thank you all for listening out there. And if you can... Leave a like, tell your friends, subscribe, leave a review, help this podcast get to the top of the charts. But forget all that stuff for one second. Because I know what you're thinking. Sterling, I didn't come to you for shoutouts. I came to you because I want to talk about the 49ers. And guess what? We're going to right now. So, look. This week for San Francisco was a must-win. A must-win game. 0-1 to start the year, supposed to be a cupcake game, right? Bears, Seahawks, what an easy way to start this season off. Well, you're 0-1. You're you lost the first game. And so the last thing you want to do is lose to Seattle, then play Denver in prime time, then play the Rams in prime time. I mean, look, I have a ton of faith in this team. We have one of the best rosters in the NFL, but you start 0-2, uh, panic button, you know, DEFCON 1 to DEFCON 3. I have no idea if it goes from 5 to 1, whatever the levels are, but I'm starting 1 to 5, right? It starts at 1, and if you lose on Sunday against Seattle, it, DEFCON 3! Like, I mean, we're nearing disaster to start a season. And you could even say if they do lose on, on Sunday against Seattle, that is a disaster. So, this Sunday is a must-win because it's only going to get tougher in the upcoming weeks, and the last thing you want with a young quarterback, the vet behind him, who people still think is going to start at, at some point this year, 
the last thing you want is this team to say, hey, look, we can win, and we're not winning against teams we should already be 2-0 against, right? And so this Sunday, must-win game, also a divisional game that you don't want to start 0-1 in the division. It's bad news, especially against the Seahawks. And look, with Seattle coming off an emotional, emotional win against their former quarterback, Russell Wilson, right? Emotions are high, fans are booing him, it's their home opener. Everything coalesced and and connected into this being the perfect storm for Seattle. You know, they have, on the Athletics quarterback tier list, they have two, they have one quarterback in tier five, the only quarterback, that being Geno Smith, and Drew Locke, who was rated ahead of him. But Geno Smith starts the game out, he's on fire, everything's fine. They're rocking, right? The defense holds up. Denver can't score in the red zone. Everything goes right for Seattle. Seattle's coming in on Sunday saying, we want to keep that going. We have a statement to prove that against against Denver, that was not a fluke. In San Francisco, on the flip side, is saying, against Chicago, that was a fluke. We played in a freaking monsoon. So, both teams are going to have a chip on their shoulder. And both teams are going to want to prove a point. Now, those points are very different. San Francisco's is, look, last week we have an actual built-in excuse. Monsoon, no Kittle, no Jimmy Ward, torrential downpour. Like, there's a reason why, like, we, we were basically playing in a tropical storm in Chicago. And Seattle's saying, we just took it to Russell Wilson, our former quarterback, who we traded at home in his return to where he played for a decade and won a championship. Now it's, we're going to go to San Francisco, Santa Clara, I guess, and we're going to take it to our our divisional opponent and prove we don't need Russ, that we're not going to be a last place team. And so, let me ask you this. What's the best way to win a game in the NFL? Is it 500 yards passing? Maybe. That always helps, right? Is it turnovers? Sure, that also helps. But the most important position, the most important battle every single Sunday isn't QB to QB, isn't defense to defense. It's in the trenches. San Francisco values the trenches so much, they took Solomon Thomas, Mike McGlinchey, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, (laughs) over the potential of getting a franchise quarterback. I mean, think about that. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch made it a point to to build the trenches up first, then address quarterback. That's how important it is to them. And now they have their quarterback, which it makes the trenches even more important. Because he's 22, you want to protect him. And on Sunday against Chicago, they didn't protect him. Nine total pressures, Trent Williams led the team with three total pressures. Then Aaron Banks and McGlinchey and Brendel all had two. Now, can you say it was a monsoon? Their cleats weren't sticking in the mud, in the field. All that stuff makes a ton of sense, right? A ton of sense. Receivers weren't separating because they couldn't because, again, the monsoon. All of that built in. To me, people are making, you know, well, they played bad. Yeah, they didn't play great, but they played in a tropical storm. <laughs> so I can forgive week one. Okay, the offenses are, are, are going slow. And 
even I said, look, I think last week's game was going to start out slow and then pick up. Well, instead of the offenses picking up, the, the, the monsoon picked up. And so you have to make the adjustment. You can't have nine total pressures. And on the flip side, Seattle, playing in dry weather, albeit, had 12 total pressures on defense. Nuosu had five. Taylor had three. Puna Ford had one. Jefferson had five. I mean, look, Russell Wilson was under duress the entirety of that game. He was throwing dump-off passes. He was getting hurried left and right. He didn't have much time. Denver's offensive line did not play well. And if you're San Francisco, you see that and go, okay, look, what are the odds that Trent Williams gives up three pressures against Seattle in, while still rainy weather, not a monsoon? The odds are probably not very high. And if you're Brendel and Banks and McGlinchey, Okay, can we cut that in half? Okay, well, that's that's four pressures. That's nothing. That's that's not that bad at all. Compared to Seattle getting 12 and you giving up nine, Trey Lance can live right there in that sweet spot. He was pressured four times out of, what, 27 dropbacks, 25 dropbacks? Easy money. That's perfect for a young quarterback. And to further prove my point as to why the trenches are so important, because look... Any quarterback should be better in a clean pocket, right? No pressure, clean pocket, plenty of time to throw. You should hit your targets. That's a given, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes, Herbert, Allen, Rodgers, Brady, Trey Lance. And on Sunday, Trey Lance against Chicago was really good in a clean pocket. 12 for 20, 166 yards, 80 or 8.3 yards per attempt in a 65.8 rating. Two thumbs up, my guy. That's good stuff. But under pressure, and under pressure is where the good quarterbacks separate themselves from the elite quarterbacks. It's where the average quarterbacks get separated from the good quarterbacks. And it's where the average and the bad get separated as well. That is the discrepancy point for the tiers of quarterbacks, right? That's why Mahomes and Allen and Rodgers are heralded as the elites. Yes, they have other factors, great arms, intellect, all that stuff, but they are great under pressure, rolling out of the pocket, hitting a guy on the run. That stuff, that's why you get top-tier quarterbacks. That's why San Francisco drafted Trey Lance. To where there is pressure in the pocket, on the field, Lance can hopefully bail them out, be the difference on the play, whereas Garoppolo wasn't always that guy. But against Chicago, Lance was 1 for 8 for negative 2 yards and a 39.6 rating. If that isn't concrete evidence as to why Trey Lance needs, I don't want to say a perfect pocket, but a clean pocket to throw, I don't know what is. I have no idea what is. And look, What's one of the reasons why Trey Lance was brought in here? To push the ball down the field. And and we saw it a few times against Chicago. The Juwan Jennings throw comes to mind. Deep ball, got him in field goal range. Good stuff. And how do you how are you able to take shots like that? And many things go into this, you know, setting things up with the run, play action. Again, so many things go into it. But your quarterback needs time to throw. 
your receivers need time to run their routes, to break free from the receiver. And when you give them a clean pocket and make sure they're not pressured, they can work some magic. And so to give you a more in-depth stat analysis here, Trey Lance on throws 10 or plus more yards downfield. 5 for 10, 119 yards, a 91.7 passer rating. Okay, when he's pushing the ball down the field, he's money. Money. Now, the comp percentage could be better. 50%, not great. But if he's 6 for 10, that's a really good start, right? Really good start. One throw difference, bang. Tyler Croft touchdown pass maybe he missed early in the game, bang. That's the difference here, right? But for Lance, throws 10 or less yards down the field. 8 for 16, 45 yards, 1 pick, and a 30.2 passer rating. All of this ties into the, the pocket. The clean pocket. And I've talked about it plenty of times. You want to make a young quarterback that's 22 years old and now officially has 14 total quarters. 14 quarters. Not even 4 complete games of real regular season action under his belt. You want to make him comfortable. Now, it's not going to be perfect all the time, right? Sometimes he's going to be under pressure. And on Sunday against Chicago, he showed that he can use his legs to avoid some of that pressure. But for the offensive line, you do not want your quarterback running 13 times a game, taking hit after hit after hit. And some of that falls on Lance, right? Slide, slide, please, slide. We cannot afford you getting hurt. It's not worth it to get two extra yards when you're going to break a knee or break a leg or shoulder, whatever it may be, right? Get down. But if you can avoid your quarterback running, the best way to do that is protect him better. And so I personally think that because there won't be a monsoon. Now, again, there is an 80% chance of rain in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium on Sunday for game time. The good thing is San Francisco isn't changing their grass the Monday or or, or the, the the Friday before the game on Sunday. They have some of the best grass, and Jay Dorks talked about how, look, they, they went through a whole process of being lied to early in Levi Stadium's creation about the grass. We, we know that it was a big debacle early in Levi's, right? Well, now it's pretty much perfect. Rarely ever an issue, they have got that grass taken care of. I do not think that the rain on Sunday should play that big of a factor in how good this offensive line can protect Trey Lance. It's not going to be a monsoon. The grass is better. And the odds of Trent Williams giving up three pressures again, slim to none. So, even if they gave up two, so Banks two, McGlinchey two, Brendel two, even if, even if... Burford, who had a clean slate last week, even if he gives up one, that's seven. That's not nine. Now, again, not a good number, but if you can incrementally improve and, and, and protect your quarterback, the better it is. Now, there were some plays last week where Lance wasn't moving correctly in the pocket, mo- moving too violently, maybe maybe moving in the pocket too aggressive to one side, opening up the potential of getting hit. That happens. But the more Lance plays, the more he'll know the pocket, know his team, and he'll be 
just fine. But the other thing is, people want to talk about, look, oh, Seattle, they, they beat Denver. They could be better than we think they are. Look, Geno Smith on Sunday, or Monday, excuse me, against the Broncos, first half was a great, right? 7 for 18, 1 incompletion. 164 yards, two touchdowns, and a quarterback rating, or QBR, excuse me, of 141.7. I mean, that's basically perfect. But, do you know what Geno Smith did in the the second half? Because I do, and uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Six for ten, that's not bad, okay? 31 yards. 31 yards and two sacks. It wasn't like Seattle was demolishing Denver. I mean, Denver decided to go for a field goal with a 29% success rate and not trust their Pro Bowl championship winning quarterback to get five yards. And Denver's defense made clear adjustments. Like, Seattle could not score in that second half. It was, we got up early and happened to hold the lead because Denver couldn't do much, and one of the biggest areas in which Denver failed was the red zone. And in the red zone, they had three attempts running the ball, minus one yard and two fumbles lost, and negative four yards before contact. I mean, come on. Just like San Francisco lost that game against the Bears by not capitalizing early in that game, putting up 14, 21, 28 points against Chicago early in that game, Denver failed to capitalize against Seattle in the red zone. They didn't get touchdowns. They got field goals. Well, I would like to think if you're San Francisco, and let's say you believe you got stunned, Greg Papa said the team was annoyed, as they should be, for losing against Chicago, well, you should, I don't think you're going to be that bad in the red zone like Denver was. I don't think we're going to see Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel and Ayuk fumble the ball twice in the red zone. And if you're San Francisco, after seeing yourself fail to capitalize in that game against the Bears, to me, come out and gun the ball down the field. Take it to Seattle. What's the best thing to do when you're at home, you're 0-1, and you have a team coming in with confidence, wanting to prove a point? Just like San Francisco should have done and was setting themselves up to do prior to Debo fumbling the football, you want to take it to him early. Tell him, look, look, all the talk you've done, all the confidence you have, out the window. That was a fart sound, by the way. (laughs) Out the window. You're not going to bring that energy into our house. It ain't happening. We're going to take it to you, run it down your throat, and beat you with the deep ball. Look, we have Trey Lance now. We're throwing it 60 yards. Beat us. Make them beat you. Don't beat yourself. Now, look. Look, this game's not going to be easy. We know that. Seattle weeks never are. Doesn't matter how good they are. Last last year, for example, we're in Seattle and we lose. Heartbreaking loss to Seattle. We're thinking this should be an easy win. We're rolling. 
our, 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 our trajectory is heading up, right? Seattle smacks us in the face. And it's like, oh my god. Like, we cannot beat this team. The good thing is, is that Trey Lance, he has success against Seattle. Seattle was before, what, the one pass attempt against the Lions and the the running play against the Packers. His real, essentially real first playing time was against Seattle. And look, teams change, I get that. Coaches change, quarterbacks change. We've seen that with Seattle and San Francisco. But Lance was great, or I'll say really good, against Seattle last year in one half of play. 9 for 18, Two touchdowns, 157 yards, 8.7 yards per attempt, 10.4 air yards for the air yards nerds out there, 117 rating, 7 runs for 41 yards. I mean, he totaled 198 yards in a half. In a half. Give him a full game, what can he do? Now, Seattle has changed their defensive scheme. Okay, they've made changes. They have, they, they've added some pieces. But Jamal Adams ain't playing. He's out for the year. And yes, Kittle ain't playing, which stinks. But look, you still have Debo. You still have Ayuk. You still have Kyle Shanahan. San Francisco should win this game. Trey Lance should come in with full confidence in himself of like, while this team may have made changes, I've played this team before. This is the first time Trey Lance is going to play against the team he's played before. To me, that gives him somewhat of an advantage, at least maybe on his side of things, of, oh, it's the Seahawks. I've played them before. If I had played the whole game, maybe I'd beat them, right? Well, here's your chance. Here's your chance to go out there, make a statement. Feel confident in yourself. But there are bigger matchups too, right? Bigger matchups. Mooney Ward against DK Metcalf. How does that look like? Now, do I wish we had Jimmy Ward out there against DK? Yeah, because their rivalry is great. Taking cheap shots, hitting hard. I'm going to hate missing that. But Mooney Ward against DK Metcalf. This is going to be his first real test of the season because Darnell Moody and Dante Pettis for sure ain't that. Right? Not to take shots, but I mean, come on. DK's a level above them by far. And so, what does that look like? For Samuel Womack, who apparently is hurt now, I don't have the update, but apparently he walked off the practice field today, that being Thursday, September 15th, went to the weight room, so maybe there's something to watch there. But if he does play, how does he fare against Tyler Lockett? I mean, Lockett has been great, great for near a decade in Seattle. One of the best slot receivers in the NFL. But thankfully for Womack last year, he was great too. 12 snaps or covered snaps, two targets, one catch, Eight yards. Easy money. That's that's good stuff there from a young nickelback. Who, if you can carry confidence over against Tyler Lockett, I mean, that's, that's important. It's really important for young players to play with confidence. Whether it's Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, Samuel Womack, Hufunga, who was great last week against the Bears. It's important to play with confidence. It's so underestimated how confidence can change something. So, to give you an example, I, I work in radio. And I'm trying to become a broadcaster, trying to 
you know, get on the air more. I hosted my second show ever this past Sunday. And one of the things was my first show, I didn't have much confidence. It was, I'm nervous. I'm, you know, I want to prove myself. And it probably didn't go as good as it could have. But this past week, much better. I came in thinking, I'm going to take that guy's job. And if you can have that killer instinct, and I'm not trying to hide myself up or anything, but for Womack, for Lance, for Banks, for for Burford, playing with confidence saying, I know my ability, and I'm going to dominate you on the field. I know my routes. I know my coverage skills. I know where I need to be. It gives you everything. Now, you may not have you know, the height, the length, the strength, but... If that's why Pat Beverly is so good, or at least on defense, he's scrappy, right? He's ferocious. He'll get in your head. He'll play those games because he's so confident in himself. He will not let somebody else who's bigger, stronger, faster than him make him slow down, make him stop. He will always believe he's the best in the game. Now, is he? No, he's not. But that confidence has carried him for his entire career. And if you're the Niners and you have young guys like Womack and Lance and Banks and Burford, Hufunga, whoever it may be, having that confidence, despite losing last week, is really important to have. And despite the rain, which will likely be there on Sunday, you have to have confidence coming into Sunday. Now, is it hard to have confidence when you don't have Elijah Mitchell? And it's funny because I was looking at Every game Trey Lance has played, and since he's gotten here in San Francisco, I kind of found this weird, it felt like there was a bad luck cloud over him, because his first start, he hurts himself, and there's no George Kittle, right? Hurts the knee, no George Kittle, everything goes bad, they lose against Arizona in Arizona. Jimmy Garoppolo was brought back in the offseason, <laughs> right? It rains week one against Chicago in Chicago, the monsoon game last week. But before that game, Kittle hurts his groin the Monday before the game. He wasn't hurt all preseason, wasn't hurt all OTAs, wasn't hurt all training camp. But the Monday before week one, he hurts his groin. Then Mitchell gets hurt in the game. The monsoon hits in Chicago. But it wasn't just that the monsoon hit, it was the monsoon hits just in time when they need to make a push to reclaim the lead. And then now on Sunday, there's like an 82% chance of rain at Levi Stadium. And maybe no George Kittle. And definitely no Elijah Mitchell. I mean, I don't want to call that bad luck or bad juju, but I mean, something, something's going on with Trey Lance and the luck he's had in San Francisco. And look, if you're San Francisco in this game... It may be hard to forget all that stuff, and I don't think Lance is focusing. He probably doesn't even realize that. He's just saying, I have a game I have to win. Whoever's out there, I have to trust them. Cool, great, got it. But if you're San Francisco, you have to come out, make a statement. Now, the one way Kyle Shanahan has done that in the past is march down the field the first drive, throw the football, get a touchdown. Then, back off the pedal, run the football. I don't want to see that. We saw it uh, in the Vikings game, in the playoffs, a 
couple years ago with Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw it against Minnesota last year, albeit they were killing him that game. And we almost saw it against the Bears on Sunday last week. Come out, great first drive, scripted plays, everything looks fine and dandy, fumble, then it goes, oh, we don't know what to do. (laughs) And we talked last week how that kind of coalesced with Elijah Mitchell getting hurt. So one of the questions I have is, how is San Francisco going to adjust with no Elijah Mitchell? Is is Jeff Wilson the guy? He seems that way. And we'll find out on Sunday if Mason or Tidy Price are, are the number two. But if San Francisco can establish the run against Seattle, and I mean, it wasn't like they did it against the Bears after Mitchell got hurt. I mean, against the Bears... The offense looked entirely different. Entirely different. And I talked in the podcast earlier this week how the offense looked very different with and without Mitchell last year. With Mitchell last year. 11 games, 130 yards per game, 4.3 yards per carry, almost 3.5 touchdowns per game on the ground with Mitchell on the field last year. Without him, 6 games, 119 yards 4.2 yards per carry, 1.6 touchdowns per game. Now, not the biggest difference, but when you're getting a touchdown and a half with with Mitchell, that's big news. And so, I want to know how they are going to adjust. Are we going to see these stupid counter plays in the red zone? Because that's what cost Denver against Seattle, was the red zone. Just like San Francisco against Chicago was, you know, we can't score in the first half despite having great field position in that game. Denver was, we can't score touchdowns despite being in the red zone. So if you're San Francisco, you have to ask yourself, Denver didn't have a hard time getting to the red zone. They had a hard time capitalizing once they got there. San Francisco's side of it is, look, we have to not just get there. We have to get in the end zone. Because if you get in the end zone, you're likely going to win. Well, that's how football works, right? Duh. But Seattle got lucky. And I, I hate saying that because you have to play the game, right? There's there's so many battles within the game. With the refs, the coaches, each position has their battle, right? Saying they got lucky it really it undermines how well, or the other team's effort. But it wasn't like that game for Denver wasn't for the taking. It wasn't like San Francisco against Chicago wasn't for the taking. But both teams that lost had ample opportunity, but failed to to take it, failed to take that and run with it. And if you're San Francisco, you can tell that, look, Seattle's not going to shut you out. Seattle is not going to hold you to 10 points. Seattle is going to give you ample opportunity to score against them. The question then becomes, can you capitalize on that? And I would like to think that Kyle Shanahan, after being embarrassed against Chicago, will come out with a vengeance. How many times have we seen Kyle Shanahan, after a loss come out and say, okay, look, 
this ain't going to happen again. I mean, we all know Shanahan's very arrogant. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and sometimes he is. To his own uh, downfall sometimes, but he is. And I don't think he likes being shown up. Now, it's up to the players to go out there and execute that game plan, but I fully expect Kyle Shanahan to say, look, we are going to have the killer instinct all game. All game long, take it to him, no holding up. We're not going to back down. We have to win this game. We have to. This is a must-win game for San Francisco. And for someone like Kyle Shanahan, uh, he doesn't like to lose. And I don't think he likes to lose the way he did against Chicago. Dumb penalties, have to clean those up big time. You cannot give the opponent 12 penalties for 100 yards. That will keep them in this game. Because, like I said, Seattle will give you the chance to win this game. Their defense is not world stoppers, world beaters. Their secondary isn't amazing. You have better receivers in San Francisco than Denver. And I look, I like Judy. I like Sutton. But you have Debo Samuel <laughs> and Brandon Ayuk. And you may, on the off chance, have George Kittle. And if you have Kittle, even if he's a pass blocker, that's good news, right? That allows you to do more things with the offense. And I know Kittle hasn't played but or, or practiced this week, but if you're San Francisco, you have to say, on paper, we are better than Seattle. It's clear as day when you look at the roster matchups, the, the receiver versus DBs, defensive line versus the offensive line, linebackers versus linebackers, it all leans San Francisco. Head coach to head coach, it all leans San Francisco. Now, look, Seattle is going to be prepared for this game. Pete Carroll always has his teams prepared for every every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. That defense is ready to go. Now, the personnel may not be as good as it was in the Legion of Boom era, because it's not. But Pete Carroll is going to have his team ready to go. The thing is, is that they are not good enough to hold any team to 0 points, 10 points. They are going to give you windows to attack. San Francisco just has to execute. When Take what the defense gives you, right? It's an old adage in the NFL. It's, well, yeah, you know, five yards out. You know, People want to say, you know, Jimmy wasn't good enough. And look, I get it, right? But sometimes if you're Trey Lance, the gimme throw, which has shown to be the hardest for him at times, if the defense is giving you on two and seven, five free yards, take it. Take it. You want to know why? Play keeps moving. Clock keeps moving. What what happened last Sunday against the Bears? Right? Fields found a way to keep that clock rolling. Right? Keep that offense on the field. Right? Now, penalties on San Francisco's side definitely aided that in pivotal times. Right? Greenlaw's face mask. The Al Shire uh, uh, personal foul. The Mooney Ward holding. The Kenlaw holding. All that stuff plays a factor. Right? But... You have to be able to take what the defense gives you. On a second and seven, get five yards, make it a third and two. Make your life easier. Keep your defense off the field. And it's funny because, so, my, my brother's playing fantasy football. And so, first time ever, he's playing it. And he, 
he wanted to start Kirk Cousins over Joe Burrow because Burrow had four picks last week and all that stuff. But I asked him, I said, okay, look, I said, but look who Burrow's playing. Look at the opposition and who he's playing because it may change your mind. He was like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, you want to start Kirk Cousins. Why? Well, he had a good week last week. And it's like, okay, but they're playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't have Dak Prescott. That offense could not move the football last week. Cooper Rush is the quarterback. My money would be on Joe Burrow and the Bengals to be on that field more often than not, right? Now, take that and move it to San Francisco against Seattle. If you're the Niners, you know your defense is better and can stop Seattle's offense. But if you're the Niners' offense, you have to tell yourself, we are going to have the ball or have the chance to have the ball a long time. If we can put long, sustainable drive together, that's going to be the difference in this game. Among many other things, if you can keep your opposing defense on the field for 8, 10, 12 play drives, wear them out, knowing that your defense has a really good chance of getting the ball back for you. Geno Smith is not going to kill you. DK Metcalf, Lockett, all good players, they're not going to kill you the entire game. Especially with the, the front seven San Francisco has, one of the best in the game, if not the best in the game. It's not like San Francisco's not going to get a chance to put up 28 points in this game and hold Seattle to 10. But the way to do that is wear the opposing defense down. Keep them on the field. Establish the run, which may be a problem. We know that, right? TDP, Wilson, uh, Mason. We don't know what that's going to look like. And that could be an issue going forward for San Francisco. We will see what that looks like on Sunday, though. But for Lance, that's when it comes back to take what the defense gives you. If you can put together long, sustainable drives... Again, I hate to use it, but just like Jimmy did last year, it wears defenses down. How many times in that Rams Monday night game when the season got turned on its head, right? They had like eight-minute drives for 13, 14, 15 plays. Why do you think Aaron Donald did nothing in that game? They're exhausted. Exhausted. And I think if you're San Francisco and you want to dominate a game... Right, Kyle Shanahan's always like, you know, I want to run the ball 40 times. That may not happen because, again, the big question mark there in the backfield, but if you're Lance, you can help and make up for the possible deficiency by taking the the you know the the two and seven and making it a three and two by hitting Dwelly or Ayuk in the flat for five yards. And can and keep that drive going. And then you know what that does? On third and two. It, allow, it allows Lance to use his legs in short stints for short gains, get down, clock keeps moving, offense keeps rolling, and it the only way to score in this league is off turnovers on your defense for pick sixes and fumbles, right? Or the offense to score. Well, if the opposing offense isn't on the field as much as yours, that's a good thing, right? It means that either one, they're scoring too much, which Seattle cannot do against this defense, and or your offense is keeping the ball away. They're playing keep away. And I know, look, you want to put up big money points, right? You don't want Lance to be the game manager. But right now, Lance is having a hard time being that game manager. 
and he'll hit the home run stuff. We've proven by stats he is much better hitting the home run stuff, right? Like 5 for 10, 119 yards, right? In, in like 60.5 rating. All that good stuff we like to see, it's there. The one thing against Chicago that wasn't happening was sustainable drives. There was like five drives that were two, three minutes long because nothing was happening. It was three and out punt, three and out punt, three and out punt. And it was like, dude, I know it's raining. I know it's a monsoon, but you're not moving the ball. It's okay to take what the defense gives you. And Seattle's going to give you plenty, plenty in this game to work with, which is why I think San Francisco wins this game 31 to 16. Seattle's going to score. We know that it's a given, right? But this is going to be a game where Shanahan's going to say, look, last week it ain't happening again. Lance will bounce back. Now, to what degree, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan's going to be. If it were me, I would test Seattle early, go down there, put seven on them, and say, now you beat us. Beat our defense. I dare you. I dare you. Because you know they can't. You know Geno Smith is not going to beat Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Hufanga, Mooney Ward, Mosley. It's not going to happen. Right now, look, Seattle has that dumb Seattle luck. For a while, for a while it was that, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboy bounce. And then this decade it became the Seattle Seahawks bounce. You have to... Look out for those because it happens every single game, whether it's, you know, a, a special team's trick play for a touchdown like last year or it's, you know, lock it with the catch between his legs or whatever it is. Seattle seems to have some luck here or there. They are going to play San Francisco tough. I just do not think they have the personnel. They are not going to be in the backfield nine times like Chicago was against this offensive line. Trey Lance is going to have time to throw. They will hopefully be able to run the football without Mitchell. And if they can't, well, guess what? Trey Lance show. You want to put a game on Trey Lance's shoulders, and I get it, he's young. You may not want to do that. This may be the perfect game to do so if you have to. Now, you may not choose to, but this might be the game where if you can't run the football... You can see what Trey Lance is made of, and I do think you can come out successful. Because, look, I don't want to see him run 13 times. Maybe 6, 8 maybe at the most. He's going to have a chance to win this game and put up big numbers, even in the rain. It'll be slippery, the ball's going to be heavy, but it's not going to be monsoon heavy. Like, last year, Seattle, in a dry game, was leaving Debo Samuel wide open. Wide open. And he runs for a touchdown. Now, I'm not assuming he'll be wide open again this year, but it's not as if San Francisco hasn't had success with Trey Lance on, at, at quarterback against this Seattle team. Different scheme, I get it in Seattle. New players. Tariq, uh, Tariq Woolen was great last week for Seattle. Yeah, um, he's not going to be covering Sutton and Judy. He's covering Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray, and look, this may be a game for Danny Gray, where just like last week, they didn't have that element of speed on offense. The longest play was to Jawan Jennings. I mean, 
but you give me Danny Gray in a little bit of rain, I mean, now we're talking, we saw what that looked like in the preseason. Why not take a shot early? Give him a go route and just see what happens. Electrify the offense. Give it that spark it needs to get going. I always talk about how Trey Lance needs that first touchdown. Well, Lance didn't get that first touchdown until late in the first half last week. Then it was a field goal, and then it was monsoon. If you can get in that touchdown early, I genuinely believe, had San Francisco scored that touchdown early against Chicago last week in the first drive, that game looks entirely different. Entirely different. Lance's confidence clicks up, the offense gets rolling, and I think they score on two, three, maybe all of those drives in that first half. It was looking that way, but that fumble changed everything to start the game off. If you're San Francisco, move that ball down the field against Seattle, get that first touchdown, and then go from there. Because that moment should trigger something in Trey Lance. Click that confidence meter up to a billion and go, okay, now we got this. Now the offense can get rolling. Like Trey Lance, to me, isn't the guy that Mike Martz thinks he is or, or Michael Lombardi thinks he is. Does he need time? Yeah. But he's played 14 quarters. And I know I talked last week how, look, you don't want to put all the pressure on him, and if the run game can't get started, there may be some pressure on him. But I do think Sunday against this Seattle team, off an emotional win, the likelihood they come in with that same tenacity is not the same. They're on the road, in San Francisco, divisional opponent, Kyle Shanahan, he has, he's going to have his claws out for Pete Carroll's defense because he wants to make that statement of (laughs) you thought we couldn't score in a monsoon give us a little drizzle and see what we can do watch what I have back here now it's no longer Jimmy Garoppolo who was good now we have a guy that can sling it left and right and it's going to be a problem for you Pete chewing gum Pete Carroll smacking your lips smiling oh I'm Pete Carroll shut up Kyle Shanahan's going to want to tell Pete Carroll He's going to want to rip that gun out of his mouth and go, that's what you get, and all, and all that nice, good uh, smack talk. He loves to talk. So, look, I think San Francisco wins this game 31-17, 31-16. I think they take it to Seattle, get back on track. And you want to know why? If anything, it's because they have to. They have to. And outside of one game last year in against the Rams in the playoffs and one game against the Chiefs, in the Super Bowl, it seems like every game San Francisco has had to win, when healthy, they've won. We saw it last year in 2019, or excuse me, three years ago now in 2019, playoff games, they've won. Down the stretch, they've won. Saints game, right? Seattle on the road in Seattle, they've won. 2021, week 17, Rams down by a ton, they came back and won that game, right? Dallas, Playoffs, they won. Green Bay, on the road, in the tundra, snow, whatever it is, they won, right? It's very rare San Francisco, with the backs against the wall, says, no, you know what, we're going to fold. They don't do that very often. So, I just think San Francisco has the edge in this game. Vegas thinks they do. They're favored by like 10.5 points. It makes sense. I do not think that Seattle is going to come into Santa Clara with San Francisco angry, upset, and annoyed 
they lost week one and going to somehow upset another opponent in the Niners. I think San Francisco wins this game handily. I think that's the smart bet. It's the easy bet. And look, they have to win. They have to. Trey Lance has to win this game. If they do not win this game, you think this week was bad of quarterback controversy questions? Chris Sammons, Mike Martz, Mike Lombardi. Uh, oh my goodness. If they lose against Seattle in two of their supposedly easier games this year, um, that panic meter is going from, again, DEFCON 1 to 5, or whatever it is, 5 to 1. I have no idea how it works, but from some red to purple, <laughs> from 0 to 60 real quick, because the media is going to have a field day. And if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are reportedly you know, not okay with how the conversation's been happening in the media, like they didn't think it was going to go this way, and they're not happy with how the media is blowing this thing out of proportion. How do you stop that? Uh, maybe you win on Sunday. Media dies down, and they go, well, Trey Lance looked better. He has to prove some stuff still, but he looked better. And that's where everybody should be. So how do you change the narrative? You win on Sunday against Seattle. And San Francisco has to win on Sunday against Seattle. That'll do it for me this week as we head into Niners versus Seattle on Sunday. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review on this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter You can join us on Chalkboard in the description as well so we can talk on game day. When you watch a game, you want to talk about the game. Where do you do that? Do it with us. Do it with me on Chalkboard. You can find that link down in the description. It's like Reddit, but for the Niners. It's fun is all I can tell you. But also, if you want to go to the game, use that promo code 49ersaccess, 49ersaccess, for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. And for the last time in this show, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful. <laughs>